Hey there, and welcome to the Heroic Life Podcast, the podcast where we help you get mission ready for life. And we do that by talking biz life you better, stronger, faster. I'm your host, Nicholas McGill. And on this episode, this is part one of a two-part interview series with Marie Poulin. She's the host of Notion's Office Hour series on YouTube, as well as the creator of the Notion Mastery course uh, on, on, that you can find out there on the web. For those of you who don't know what Notion is, um, basically Notion is an all-in-one customizable workspace that allows you to kind of build your own work environment and connect a lot of different pieces of data together, right? It's, this is one of those apps that's changing the way we organize our work and our lives. So I was lucky enough to have a deep dive conversation with Marie Poulin, who's pioneering this space. And hopefully the interview piques your interest in Notion and the, the mastery course. And you can find all of that information in the show notes over at www.heroic.life. And that's heroic spelled with a K, of course. So, and one final little bit of uh, housekeeping before we get started. Uh, unfortunately, there was a few audio glitches with the uh, interview, but uh, bear with me. It, the, most of the interview is awesome. There's a few spots where it glitches out due to bandwidth, but it, it's a great show. So without further ado, let's get started. On occasion, I have the privilege of speaking and collaborating with some amazing minds doing deep and formidable work personally within themselves and with others as well. And they're all in that effort to kind of build, live, and enjoy legendary lives. And on this show, we get to jump in, deep dive, and in this case, we have a very special guest to deep dive with in the world of relational databases and this emerging new way to interact with ourselves, our own thoughts, as well as on the screen with our workplaces. So with me today is the famous Marie Poulin, who, if you don't know, is the number one fan on uh, of Notion, the, the amazing app that lets you do all this, this great relational goodness. And uh, Marie, how are you doing? Welcome. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, this is, this is going to be exciting. This is fun. Um, Marie is all over the internet. If you just type in the word Notion, you will find many, many videos with her touring you through what it is, how to use it relationally, and, and, and what is a re relational database? And, and is it a singles website? What does that even mean? What is a relational <laughs> database? How do you explain Notion to your students Ooh. and clients? Yeah, I guess it depends who's asking me, but... Uh... Yeah, it depends who's asking. I'll often say it's sort of a all-in-one productivity app. It's a combination of Google Docs and Evernote, and it's a creative platform. It's a task management. My whole life is, is pretty much a notion. Is it really? Yeah, it really well, is. Everything, everything except my budget, I think. <laughs> That's like the only <laughs> thing I don't do in Notion. That, yeah, I was I was actually going to ask about that, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that section. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of tools out there, and, and um, at our firm at Heroic, we've we've used them all. We've used Rome, Airtable, Coda. Um, you know, we we lived in a Excel spreadsheets or Google Sheets at one once upon a time before these things. But what's really unique about Notion and what makes for a unique opportunity is Notion is more verbal and visual. Uh, than kind of the other tools, and that makes it more accessible to the masses, and it also attracts a certain type of personality. And you yourself were a designer once upon a time, and probably still consider yourself that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
so what is it about notion what what would you say the need uh, or the needs plural uh, are that notion meets for you personally what attracted you to it the number one thing i think is the fact that all of your different types of information are all in one place so it's that integration that you're not clicking you know my documents for how I do things in my business live over here, my goals live over here, my tasks live over here. Um, there's obviously pros and cons to any platforms that we're using, right? Like I was using Airtable before, um, that was where a lot of my data was kept. But it's again that um, always feeling like everything was kind of disparate and separate, uh, which is I don't know, hard on my brain personally. So for me, Notion was a place to kind of bring all of that information together in a way where I could control how I digest it. That was really the biggest the biggest advantage for me, uh, creating these like contextual dashboards that only surface what you need to see when you want to see it. Really? So, okay. So, and you've organized chaos and, and as a creative, <laughs> um, you, when, did, when did you fall into Notion? When did you get started? Because you work, your other company is, is Oki, right? Or Okie Dokie. Okie Dokie. Yeah. Okie Dokie. It's a cute name. That's okay. <laughs> And, and your other company is Okie Dokie, and you guys do you guys create courseware, correct? Correct. We do, right? yeah. And and so somewhere on that journey, you you found Notion, right? Yeah. And um, what happened next? Right? You tripped <laughs> over it. You started playing with it. Yeah, I mean, we were we were already pretty entrenched in our systems and our technologies. We were using Asana, um, Google Docs for sure. And so we kind of had our systems humming along. And I discovered Notion as a tool where I was trying to track my permaculture certificate. So there was just uh, worksheets that they'd send you every week. There were emails. There was a lot of, it was like a long-term project, an 18-month project where you had to document everything yourself and you were going to have to put a presentation together. So... Evernote was a place where I'd been taking my notes, but this stuff was a little bit more visual. There was video, there was messy thinking, and I didn't really have a place to keep it all. And so actually Notion was the place where I was able to kind of wrangle a lot of very different types of thoughts and thinking. And the more I got organized with the sort of schooling side of things with, with the permaculture, I was like, oh, maybe I could add my other courses that I'm studying to there. Cause I, like I'm a course junkie. I'm always, you know, doing personal development and learning new courses. Mm -hmm. So I started making these inventories of other courses I was taking and it started to take shape. And I, I love that my personal stuff was in there, but then our business stuff was in Asana and Evernote and whatever. So I had to kind of get buy-in from my husband on like, hey, I know we're using all these systems over here. How would you feel about us moving our systems over to Notion. But first I had to prove to him that we could do in Notion what we were already doing in Asana. So mm -hmm. it was kind of like a personal challenge. I'm like, I'm gonna show him it's doable, it's possible. And then, you know, with Notion it's show, don't tell. You can't tell someone, oh, trust me, it does everything. You have to show someone what you mean. So once I showed my husband, he's, he's the skeptic for sure. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, like, can it do, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, featured tracking and bug tracking in a way that he could prioritize for our software and things like that. So once I showed him we could do that, he was all in, we went all in on it. And for I think the next six months, uh, we just kept refining and honing our systems and they got more and more awesome. And then I was like, let's, I need to share this with the world. I'm already sharing it with all my friends anyway. Like all my friends are like, stop talking about Notion, we get it. I was just... <laughs> 
really obsessed with it and so excited for what it had done for me personally. So I just for fun set up a, a webinar and that was kind of that was the beginning of like holy crap runaway train like what just happened with notion so that's right and <laughs> you are still the like you are like the official host of notions office hours from the company the the company proper so yes. and that came from your webinar experience correct it did and that's yeah. that's amazing now i want to rewind something that you said at the beginning right yeah. there was so you started in notion at the same time you were taking your permaculture certificate. And as a designer, I love to geek out with people and kind of see how their brains work and get under the hood of that. And permaculture is such an interesting, um, I don't want to say methodology because it's more than that, right? It's a movement and with its own disciplines and principles within that. Um, so you're simultaneously exposed to this, this new, new way of thinking um, in both notion and with permaculture, how much of that has influenced um, how you think of things uh, personally in your own practice with Notion and then also with your courses and how you interact with people. Yeah, I think permaculture kind of changed everything for me. Um, a friend of mine had recommended, I had no idea what it was when I signed up for the class, but a friend of mine said she'd taken the course and it changed the way she thought about the world. I was like, that's pretty compelling. Okay, I'm kind of curious. Um, and we had just bought a house in the Sunshine Coast in BC. So we suddenly had this land that had this incredible garden and I had no idea how to take care of anything land-based. Like I'm definitely like grew up a city girl. I was in Vancouver. There's no backyards to speak of. So I didn't have any gardening experience whatsoever. And I knew that if I wanted to take care of our property, I was gonna have to learn a little bit. So I knew my sister had taken a permaculture class. So I'm like, is it gardening? Is it working with the land? Like I sort of had these little tidbits but I didn't fully know what I was in for. So I signed up for this course and it was, um, I think it was an 18 month course where you do one day a month, every month for those 18 months and um on the flyer it said become a more conscious designer of your life landscape relationships and work while learning how to save time energy and money i was like that is a compelling concept who doesn't like who doesn't want to become a more conscious designer of their lives improve the way you think about time energy and money so yes of course i was so intrigued by this so it was so much more than managing the land it's like using the the patterns inherent in nature and applying them to every every part of not just land, but um, uh, again, for me, it made me rethink the way we developed our software. Mm -hmm. How much energy is going in versus coming out? Like how much time were we putting into feature development or pieces of the course that actually weren't generating a huge return? So it got me like rethinking about everything. Like where are we spending our time and energy for the greatest return? And um, you know, one of my, like my signature talk kind of came out of that, this where I, I did a talk at MicroConf that was um, how permaculture can influence how we think about software. And I was like, is this crazy? This, this probably sounds bananas to anyone in the software space. I'm about to be like one of five women at this conference of 200, you know, software owners talking about permaculture and software. It definitely felt like a huge freaking risk, but yeah, it needed well, to happen. I, I want to validate something for you because one, there's a. I tried to find this book uh, uh, before this session, and uh, one of the granddaddies of of systems architecture actually is a fervent student of ecology, 
and, ah. and he uses it to teach people. It's like this, how do we think about systems of systems, yeah. right? And, and he advocates that you need to study ecology and he uses a lot of analogies to, you know, the wolf population in Yellowstone and how that, how removing the wolves from Yellowstone created erosion. Why? Because you're, you create, deer overpopulation led to overgrazing of, of these certain flowers and so on and so forth and how all of these things are connected, connected. and how you know we pay attention to these little itty bitty things and we like to focus on these little itty bitty metrics Absolutely. but there's this greater whole to consider and with that to me that's uh, uh i will find this book for you because i think it's so related to to the, the aspects of permaculture and some yes. of the other things i think about when i've seen your videos and what you do um you know, there's a lot of future proofing involved in both permaculture and like, you know, this consideration of the future and setting yourself up for future successes. Mm -hmm. And there's because there's such a big, um, I don't want to say investment to get started with Notion. It's really not, but it, it's a leap of faith to be sure. Definitely. Right. Um, I liken it when we talk about it internally, we liken it to uh, when you're building Legos, right? At first, they make you build little components that you have no idea where this fits into this larger set. You just have to have faith and trust the process that it all adds up. But there's, you, you with permaculture, there's this humanity balance of um, caring for the environment uh, and, and the immediate environment and the, and the human environment, as well as looking at the future. And I think that shines through in some of your, uh, a lot of your work and, and your videos, and uh, I haven't taken your course yet, but I will, and I'll drag my <laughs> team through it. <laughs> it. It keeps rising up. I, I, I heard you recently say like every hundred people you get going through there, you keep increasing the price. So it's like, oh no, yeah, that's a hundred dollars <laughs> more than last time, uh, which is great. So I love that you're having great success with it. But in, in terms of those, what are some of those themes from permaculture mm -hmm. that you really pull into your work and lens now as a designer and entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, one of the first things that you end up doing in permaculture is what they call a zone analysis and a sector analysis. So looking at uh, the self first, right? So it's like the first uh, zone zero is really the self, right? What are you working with personally? What are your own needs? Just like every plant has its own conditions to thrive. I think every human kind of has their own conditions to thrive. And we always hear those shoulds, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And I think uh, even with Notion, right, people want the right answer. Like, what is the right way to set this up? Uh, did I do my para correctly or GTD, right? Like, so people are afraid, like someone's going to tell them they've done something wrong. And it, it's very challenging for perfectionists who come in and they just want it to work right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. And I can compare this to, again, the permaculture journey is, I am not a master gardener. I'm not going to become a master gardener overnight. You have to work with the land. You have to see how things transfer over seasons. You can't skip seasons, right? There's a reason that things go dormant and that things thrive at certain times of the, of the year and there's different seasons. And I think there's seasonality in our own businesses. There's certainly cycles and seasons like the school year and September and things like that too. So what are those influences that are happening? And I think people come to the course thinking, oh, I'm going to learn about Notion, but you're learning about how to apply it into your own workflows, your, your life, your processes, and that is different for everybody. So part of it is this, take a step back, notice where is there friction in your own life, in your own workflow. Um, again, like I'm not a morning person, like this is a thing for me to be aware of. So I'm not going to be doing early morning meetings. I'm not going to be designing my work in such a way that I'm not at my best. So part of it is just a little bit of self-awareness, being aware of what you've got to work with. So with the permaculture project, we had to do in 18 months, um, 
the sort of final project that we did was a presentation of a whole map of our property. So that mapping project takes a year. And the idea is you're not actually really doing a lot in that year, you're just observing, right? So just paying attention, noticing where do the, the wind patterns come in, uh, noisy neighbors on the left, like you're mapping all of it, you're mapping all the creatures that, that stop into your yard. Uh, what are the factors that are influencing you on a day to day basis? Where's the sun coming in? And I think we don't really take the time often to do that in our own businesses, businesses and our lives, and it, well right? and it, it obviously translates well to consulting too uh, in yes. terms of doing that assessment and observing and truly like you cannot be strategic if you don't really have a pinpointed position on where you're at right now and, and what so, do you want, want to do at the end you, of the day? Yeah. Like what I want for my yard is different. Like, do I want a permaculture paradise where I'm growing 90% of my own food? That's a very different goal than, oh, I just, I really like pretty flowers and I just want it to feel like a relaxing <laughs> space, right? So I think people forget, you know, we're, we're using our workspaces for different purposes and uh, it doesn't have to be like I use Notion to manage everything. It's personal journaling, it's you know personal development, it's learning, it's project management. I, I have it all in there, but I don't want people to come in and think they're, they're having to squish themselves into a system that is so based on my own habits and routines and rituals that's not gonna work for them. So in a way I want people to be a little bit, like slow down a little bit and ask themselves, where, is the, where are the friction points for you? Cause they're gonna be different than, than for someone else. That's just one way that sort of permaculture got me thinking of like just being a little bit more intentional from a design perspective of one, what are we trying to do at the end of the day so we can design for more harmony? And what are those patterns that keep emerging, right? Mm -hmm. Permaculture is about recognizing patterns. Well, there's like not just nature patterns, but even just the things that we do over and over again that we're not even conscious of and, and aware of. So, um, so much of what I was learning in permaculture, I'm like, oh my gosh, th these are totally business concepts packaged in nature. <laughs> this well, is amazing. And it's it's funny on your notion journey is is because it, you know unless you pay attention, you don't know this about you, Marie, that this this huge influence on you. And I know mm -hmm. because I've seen it, and I wanted to point it out because I've seen it referred to on other. I, I've seen you've created an entire operating system methodology around your experience with permaculture and I'm excited to see what what you reveal and and only like true geeky uh, Marie Poole and Notion fans will notice these little like what is she working on over here this is really <laughs> cool and and I can't wait to see it because I I think you know bringing that ecological viewpoint back into you know there's this whole new movement of what does Notion do in the first place what is it what capability does it allow us to do it allows every business every individual to design their own workspace for the first time ever right for the first time ever everybody becomes a systems architect and a designer yeah. and that can be both overwhelming and super empowering and and chaotic and and I'm sure you've seen every all of that whole emotional roller coaster with your students Definitely, yeah. And your clients as well. And and now, but it, it is the future. And I just want to put some context on this, for, uh, context in this for everybody watching that, you know, uh, Microsoft released their fluidity, fluidity framework earlier this year, which is basically their version of relational databases um, in the world of Microsoft Office. So this will become, this, this way of working with these connected databases will become mm. the standard workflow forever so this is the new skill set to learn and notion is a yeah. great place to do that 
And so that's why it's really, really important that when there's people like you out there where it's like you deep dove, you went all in on Notion, you've applied so many methodologies and weeded through them and created a masterclass that I'll make sure to provide links to. Uh, um, and it is amazing because you filtered a lot of other methodologies through yourself and um, made it a lot more accessible to a lot of, of a, a lot of people. But it is becoming the standard workflow, and and then it's kind of like the oh my god, how does Marie do this? And one so one of the questions I have this is an important one because I want I, I have a hunch, but I could be wrong. Now, when you were a kid, when you were a student, were you like the perfect trapper keeper type binder person? Was everything organized in your life? No, well, I was a total chaos monkey for that's sure. That's what I love. See, this yep. is this is one of those uh, misconceptions that a lot of people will have that, oh, only those super organized GTD productivity freaks, that girl had those a type a binder, people. yeah, that binder <laughs> with all the tabs. And, you know, what you, you talk about the visual nature of Notion quite a bit. And I see where you break the molds with Para or GTD or some of these methodologies because they just don't work for you or energetically, it's like it takes something away and you recognize mm -hmm. that for you. And it's just interesting to see you do that because I, I have a similar mind where it's like, I'm very visual um, first and foremost, and we come from similar backgrounds and it's, it's the, ah, I want to bring all of this stuff, you know, to play together. And, and I think that there's a lot of benefit to it, but there wasn't anything. I remember doing a lot of advanced projects with clients inside of uh, Airtable and, wow. you know, you couldn't, it had somewhat of a visibility layer to it, but it was like, you know, I do two things. I, I, yeah. yeah, it's like I read or three things. I read, write, and draw quite a bit. And we all express ourselves and navigate our own lives and practices in different ways. But I'm not a pure data guy. And that's where that's where Notion is this hybrid of all of these intersects. And suddenly it allows us to define these operating systems. And you've created a, a masterclass. And you're very open-ended about allowing other people, you approach it more like art, where it's like, or actually, again, permaculture, right? Allowing people to unfold in their natural flow of whatever's optimized to them. So you have, I, a, go ahead, please. Yeah, like I show people that imperfect process, because again, I think people sort of, uh, they see the end and it, it feels impossible. But um, I think it's important to show people what it looks like when I'm like, oh, I used to do it like this, but now there's I, I needed to switch something up because th there was friction here and like actually talking that out and having people see that even my own spaces are never finished that wherever there's a little bit of friction I'm always that's gonna get workshopped it's gonna get improved over time so it's always a work in progress well and and while we're there like uh, what's your laundry list who are your favorite notioners right now Oh, I, how can I pick? I'm, you know, I'm in a, a community with the Notion pros. And so there's uh, oh, William man. Nutt and August Bradley and Kay, oh, and mm -hmm. uh, there's Jonathan Stewart, Danny Hatcher, Francis O'Dara Matthews. They're all wonderful. So okay, I'm, yeah. I'm just a huge. I, my my yeah. goal is to make the list. That's, that's yeah. Like, <laughs> become right, a Notion be, pro. Yeah. yeah, become a Notion pro and make the list that of Marie's like, oh yeah, he's doing some cool stuff. My go-to people, yeah. Yeah, the uh, so it, it is, it's really compelling and it's really important to know. It's like, guess what? A chaotic mind coming from a completely different lens um, came together and, and found a flow that, that, and found an adaptable flow to teach to others on how to use this great, amazing tool to organize all of these documents and relationships, uh, whether it's, it's data or, or visuals even, mm -hmm. um, in one space. And obviously the sky's the limit because you end up creating your own personal universe inside of this thing. Exactly. Um, but it, it's just important to know everybody watching or listening that 
no, this isn't a type A trapper keeper, super organized person who made all of this magic happen for so many people. Um, I do of, have a bit of a design, like a design systems background too. So, you know, I did, I go, went to design school. I did do a design thinking course um, certificate. And so design thinking and systems and problem solving is definitely part of my, my mm -hmm. training and part of my curiosity. But I have studied systems for so long because I felt like such a chaotic person. Like I almost need to enforce some structure upon myself otherwise I do kind of just go with the flow and that's my default zone so for me it's it was the perfect blend of this creative exploration but still having enough structure to kind of keep me keep me organized <laughs> yeah and so well speaking of with para I saw I think I saw it recently in a, in a video that that you you have bucked the trend of areas is that correct have, have... Uh, probably yeah like your areas <laughs> aren't aren't a, a database and their pages instead mm -hmm. yeah, yeah dashboards I, I love that you did and i love that you did that and i also love that you shared that because for all of us following along who may have made a similar decision or or have been you know uh contemplating stuck. that yeah stuck exactly in, in the land in between where you don't you know feel comfortable scrolling into all of that um yeah. i love that you revealed that because it it also shows that you know, all of you Notion thinkers and Notion pros are evolving together and collaborating together and riffing off one another, like amazing jazz sessions. Um, but it was really cool to see, oh, she violated a, a <laughs> she big broke letter. The rules. <laughs> yeah, she broke the rules. And it was great because I was, uh, you know, I'm over here in my own Notion space also like, man, it, it just, this won't work for me. And I stopped using yeah. it. And that's that breaking point is like, at what point is it a functional or what, at what point is it a dysfunctional system when it's no longer serving you? And you, if yeah. you stop using it, right, the best toys you have are the ones you play with. Um, so it's, it's just interesting to see that you bucked the trend there. <laughs> so, so let's take the, the quick, before we dive into some other um, backgrounds, how did you get started as an entrepreneur? There's, there's kind of another big word I've seen in your notion spaces is hyper learning. And, and, uh, um, is there a book for hyperlearning that you recommend? Because I know it's a phrase out there. And I mean, ultra uh, learning was, was one of those books I read. That, yeah, that's that a good one. Ultra learning, that's that, yeah. Yeah. You seem like you have a strong learning aptitude and or addiction to courseware. There is that. Uh, I don't know if you've done the Strengths Finder. Yeah. Uh, that clip, but learning is my number one strength, apparently. So I was like, oh, it makes sense. Like, that's why I... <laughs> Like I'm so motivated by, I'm sure it's like the brain chemistry, the feeling that you get when you are learning something new and synapses are forming. Like I'm sure part of it is like, oh, like that's incredible. And um, I know you and I talked about this a little bit too, is just that um, my, I, I didn't have the most healthy home life. And for me, going off to university and like getting through high school as fast as I could. I did um, every year I did night school and summer school so that I could combine five years into four years and and I think I have an associate like that represents freedom. If I can learn the things I can go off, I can, I can go and be on my own. And so I think that was kind of the beginning of like, I was off to design school. I was so excited to, to leave home and there was also no safety net. So I knew I was going to have to make it work. And um, again, I didn't come up from like the most uh, super highly educated background either. So even when I got to design school, I felt like the dumb kid in the class. Mm -hmm. I felt like 
I didn't have the same vocabulary language. People knew who all these famous artists were. They just, they had a language that I didn't quite have. And I felt like I was, I was going to get seen as this imposter. So I think I overcompensated every night. I'm, I'm studying, I'm learning, I'm taking courses. I'm trying to catch up in a way. And I think maybe I've never over that feeling of like, gotta catch up, gotta catch up. There's, there's more to learn. There's things are happening on the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, see, that's amazing. I grew up in a, in a similar fashion where I was, I thought that by racing through education that that would help me get out of town, get out of Dodge and move on to the next phase of life. And then when you get there, it's like, whoa, who are all these other kids? They had very different upbringings. Uh -huh. I, am, I feel very behind all of these wonderful people. Yeah. Um, so all, so you, this, you carried with you this habit of, of uh, ultra learning. We'll, we'll call it that so I can remember the dang book. I want to check it out. <laughs> uh, and that carries with you. At what point, when did Okie Dokie start for you guys? Like when did, when you took, you took learning and go like, yeah, I'm going to work around that space. And yeah, well, so once I graduated design school, I did an internship and I ended up staying at the place that I did my internship. So that was a place that I worked at for about four years. And it was just me and Gordon. It was just the two of us working out of his house. So we both wore many hats. Um, he did mostly kind of traditional advertising and print design. And I had, you know, done a little bit of web design and interactive stuff. So the two of us kind of covered both ends of the spectrum. Um, and he trusted me to see like, I was there for every client call. I got to see how much he charged on his proposals. Like I got to really see behind the scenes of a very small business and uh, learned a ton while I was there. But also we tended to have a lot of the same types of clients over and over again. So mm -hmm. once I'd been working there for about four years, um, all throughout those four years, I was doing my own like branding projects on the side and like logo design and websites and, you know, to, to make extra money and to again, feel that like, gotta keep up, gotta keep up and, and hone my skills. And I was starting to get that itch that I wanted a little bit more control over the types of projects that we were taking on and um, just the type of impact that I wanted to have. But obviously, I didn't know anyone who was self-employed really uh, in my peer group. So everybody else was working at design agencies. So I, I didn't really have a ton of models in terms of what does it look like to go off on your own no contract set up like just there was just none of the legitimacy of running a business but I, there was something there I think I was craving that I was I was willing to like I'd taken the leap before where I'm like oh, off to a university here we go I'll figure it out so I trusted that I could figure it out but it was definitely a pretty scary leap to to go off and, and do my own thing but my boss was so supportive I was very lucky that when I approached him about going off and doing my own thing, he offered that I could go down to two or three days a week. So that was the perfect you transition. To, so you were able to transition. Oh, so lucky. Yep. Wow. So, okay. Very so, lucky. and, and, uh, so you were, you were at that job that you, in, you interned, then took a job. Now there's another job episode I want you to share the one the five month episode this because this is again there's like this yeah Marie the, Rebel, the right? moments the awkward moments that shape us and make us who we are right um that that job that I had for four years was amazing like my boss treated me like a peer I had so much responsibility and he would laugh if I referred to him as as my boss because he really did see me as an equal which I think was such a I'm just so grateful for having had that experience and in some ways maybe it spoiled me um, so that when I went off and, and did my own thing, I think I worked for about two or three years solidly on my own before I moved to Vancouver from Toronto. And so mm -hmm. in a new city, I thought, you know what, maybe I should actually look for working at a studio just to kind of 
open up my network and meet some new people. So there was a studio that I took a job at oh so briefly. I think I lasted three, four months. And it was one of the most stressful experiences of my entire life. Like stomach aches and tears at the end of the day, like go home and I would cry. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is total bullshit. <laughs> just, just one entrepreneur, one entrepreneur to another. And, uh, uh, and I encourage the usage of the word bullshit on this show. The, uh, that's very, very, very normal. Like there were, there were so many entrepreneurs I run into who at, you know, multiple years in, they, they take a breather for whatever reason, they go like, yeah. oh, maybe I need to get a real job. And then they do it and, and they reconnect to themselves going like, yo, this is horrible. <laughs> no, wait, what no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's these episodes and I love that you have that episode within you where you went, yeah, when I moved, I tried this, really didn't work. Screech the brakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and you went went back. And so when when did you go tr- make the transition from designer uh, and freelance designer into Okie Doki uh, as as it's known now? I don't know what the name of the company yeah. was, but yeah. So um, once I left that studio after about three four months and kind of doubled down and doing my own thing. Uh, so I met I met my husband on Twitter when we were both with other people. So we we'd been longtime friends on Twitter, and he was in town. I think we went to the, uh, an event apart conference. I don't know if you're familiar with, with that no. from back in the day, Mm-mm. it's like web design conference. And so was that back when we could still meet in real life? Or? Exactly. I think it was 2008. <laughs> I think yeah. it, was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so met my husband in person, which was a double date with him and his wife and me and, and my partner at the time. Um, and so that was the be- I won't say that was the beginning of the business, but Ben and I really connected and we stayed friends over many years, even though we were in other relationships. And um, so we went into business together. Wow. That's <laughs> like a couple of years later. <laughs> so you Skipping went into it. business together after all of that. Great. This is what they call the crazy trifecta, right? A, you're an entrepreneur. B, you're married to your business partner. Yes. Uh, C, you yeah. got married, right? Is the other thing, right? And so it's like, now you've got a lot of great, Definitely skipping a couple of years in there, but uh, I went through I went through my business or I went through my breakup, sold everything I owned, moved to Asia for three months. Uh, when I got back is when I was on Skype and my husband, well, now husband at the time, uh, he was not my husband, but uh, chatted on Skype and he's like, oh, how's it going? I'm like, oh, I just got back from Bali. Like life is amazing. And he's like, oh, I'm divorced. I'm like, no way. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I'm going to be in Seattle next month. We should we should connect. I had a Gaelic football tournament. So he came out and uh, came to watch my Gaelic football tournament. <laughs> oh, okay. First of all, as, as a Scottish-Irish male. Um, you, Do you, you play made, Gaelic football? No, I wish I did. Uh, like, I didn't know about it because I, but I, I was a very brutal soccer player and I hated oh. all of the lighthearted leagues. That the whiny, my, yeah, oh, my like, ankle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the kid slide tie. Actually, I was on, uh, I played soccer not too long ago on Catalina Island and, and they oh. have turf. They have turf there and the uh uh when you slide tackle on that oh, it'll yeah. it'll peel your skin but it oh, yeah. just when i had to google and youtube and take a look at what is this gaelic football and then when i saw it i'm like i need to rethink some life decisions and learn how to play oh, this yeah. game because it looks amazing like oh, I'm sure it's like rugby meets football meets basketball i'm like yes a little bit Sign of volleyball yeah it's every yeah, sport yeah, mashed right. into one yes so you were uh, uh a gaelic foot you had a gaelic football game I did. Yep. We had a tournament. Uh, ben was there. So it was the first time we were meeting as two single people. <laughs> <laughs> I 
here. And then we were like, let's start a business together. No, the, obviously the rest is is kind of history. But. Okay, so that didn't happen on the same first date, like the. No, before. definitely not. Like, yeah, let's build a business together. Not a so. home record, no. Yeah, but well, but uh, just in terms of the on, on, what was the when when you and Ben came together? What was the turn in? Hey, I want like let's, you know, there's obviously a Go market need. Going in together. Need. Yeah, well, yeah. going in together on, on specifically what what about courseware? Why why courseware? Yeah, so I guess technically we incorporated in 2014 and Ben was doing mostly like web development and programming. I was doing web design and digital strategy. So we were in a way covering all of the spectrum of like planning design projects, executing them, handling all the integrations and payments and you name it. And so the clients I was working with that had the biggest budgets that had the most success were people who had really well diversified offers. So they didn't just have services, they had online courses, they had membership programs, they had digital offers. So I was getting to see behind the scenes of like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm noticing some trends here of the people that are doing really well online seem to have these digital assets, they're doing webinars, what is that? So I was just learning all about it because I was working with these clients that their whole business models were, were based on online courses. So as we were handling more and more of these customizations, we started to talk about, oh, we could build like a, we could probably build something that would automate that process and make that a lot easier. And so we were scheming on that and we had the like brilliant idea, we'll just make our own software. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? <laughs> no problem <laughs> so that's kind of how we decided okay let's let's go let's build the software together let's give ourselves some runway so ben would take less clients on and would focus on building up an mvp of the software i was still taking on um clients myself and then was also dipping my toe into the water with online courses too so i launched my own online course digital strategy school it was a program to help designers transition more into doing strategic work and up their prices so we i was very becoming very immersed in online courses and so it just made sense that we would build some tooling to help us do that in the end we didn't really do that we we started went right for the like B2B, let's sell to other people who are selling courses. We didn't mm -hmm. really dog food our own product in that mm -hmm. way. So there, I mean, gosh, there's a bazillion and one lessons learned when you go into entrepreneurship, right? There's mm -hmm. just like so many, so many lessons and things you would have done differently, but my gosh, what an incredible uh, learning journey that's been. <laughs> well, and yeah. And so, so at some point you, you, so that's amazing. I love that you're learning as you're going and, uh, 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 and you're doing it while serving other people in the process. Yeah. So you're always learning what you, you know, as, as you go in the, in the direction you're kind of headed. And you made that observation like, hmm, the successful people have this robust or hybrid offering somewhere between, you know, being a personality, exactly. offering courseware, offering these tools or what have you. It's like and pattern so recognition. It's that permaculture. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, well, and so let's go back to the fourth tier of crazy that is now so Okay, you're you're a couplepreneur, right? You get yep. married. You 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 married your business partner, which is amazing. That was only a couple of years ago, so we'd been in business for like years before we got married. <laughs> okay, you married your business partner, which is amazing. Now let's go for the highest tier that no one has yet to coin the phrase on this. But this is where it really gets interesting. I have a question for this uh, for for you on this is like um, a dual entrepreneur household co-mingling notion environments because that's right. like yeah that's the blown. ultimate <laughs> right like uh my 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 you know my wife and i are both uh entrepreneurs we're couplepreneurs we have different businesses and then it's just like okay when i try i haven't sh really shown her notion yet but i'm oh, like wow. wow how does marie co-mingle 
that's like a new stage of your relationship. You're like, are oh, we yeah. yet? Are we ready to go <laughs> go to Notion together? <laughs> uh, it's not that. I mean, we use it for like shop grocery lists and kind of like family stuff, or we're planning for our, our, our daughter or something like that. So we use it for that. But uh, that's me leading the way in that. And and uh, uh, and and we're COVID pregnant right now. So my wife is. Oh, not, wow. Yeah. So. The, uh, we're going to name her Margarita COVID. No, I'm kidding. The, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it is really interesting when you talk to other, you know, A, being a couplepreneur is very, very hard when, you know, you're, you, you are both on the same raft together. You're on, mm -hmm. a, you know, there is no safety net when you're, when you both do that and you know this. And so that's, this to me is very interesting area where it's like, okay, now your day-to-day -day operations, you're literally very much sharing or it seems like you're sharing so much of yourself in day-to-day -day operations with how you lay out uh, your Notion stuff. What has that, has, has Ben been really on board with Notion or do you guys only share a few components or how does that work? I think the only thing we don't share is like our, our daily journals and weekly agendas, but pretty much everything else is, is kind of shared there in the workspace. Um, yeah, so it's just our daily, daily reflections, personal, you know, gratitude and all that, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But it's all it's all there. It's all shared. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's, it's, it, well, it's cool because, you know, we have these preconceived notions, uh, you know, baggage, pre-notion baggage that we carry on over. Mm. Where we have these fears about like, well, what is, you know, I'm worried about, you know, I'm a design snob. So I like to design things similar to you where it's like visually, very visually dominant. And, yeah. and uh, there's always that fear of like, well. I don't want you to change this or that or the other thing, but that's the cool thing about Oh, that's Notion. funny too. Yeah, we have had those conversations where it's like, oh, can I delete this property? It's It feels cluttered and things like <laughs> that. But I will say like uh, our Notion space is more me because my husband actually got headhunted by a company last year. So for the last year and a few months, he's actually been working full time. So the business has mostly been me at this point. So that was a huge change for us was, was Ben going full time. Like, what's that wow. going to mean? We've yeah. been self-employed for so long and working on our own company for so long what does that mean but to be fair even under our company umbrella we were pretty much operating like two separate entities like different clients different projects it was mostly separate anyway so it right. didn't and things had kind of exploded with notion anyway so even even the direction of our products and services was mostly Um, so sorry, I think the audio cut out right there for you to say, can you say that one again? So, oh. so you guys were, you guys were pretty much split running two two separate units, uh, even right there. So, so even behind the scenes, and that probably helped make it work uh, as well, even though you guys had a great working relationship beforehand. Exactly. But different it, responsibilities, it, different strengths, different projects, but yeah, it was still a big change to does Ben go full time? Like, what does that mean for us and our right. goals and all of that? Yeah. Right. Well, well yeah. I mean, uh, you suddenly he's at the behest of an, of his employer, right? And that changes the dynamic of how you guys can make decisions, vacations, all of it, right? Oh, yeah. The, the freedoms that come with being entrepreneurs is also out of there. That's uh, um, speaking of your notion setup, you have and uh, what are some of the lesser known nooks and crannies and oddities oh. what would you consider an oddity in your notion setup because i i know there's so many cool sections to it and you can feel free to share your screen if you want for those who are watching the video version of let's, this let's see here yeah. um it's like you always have to be careful it's like oh did i did i like hide the, the really personal stuff i but, literally uh... create <laughs> You know what I did? Like I literally create a check button property to like public question mark. Was, yeah. Check, 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 check. Like uh, yeah, just just because it is. <laughs> I know. Well, and like it's like 
And it is like, to me as a geek and a designer, it's my version of a soap opera to watch Marie Poulin show us <laughs> her inner workspace all the time. It's like, ooh, intrigue, drama. What's it's it's kind of funny that in a way, maybe that's partly my superpower is like, I'm so willing to share even at whatever the expense of my own awkwardness is like, well, this is how I do it. It would take me a lot more effort to like make a demo version. So here's my life. And it's just easier to share it. And I think it gives people permission to also be in process, be imperfect. Like, I'll be like, oh, you can see I didn't add cover images to those yet. I'll get that later like it's not perfect even though some mm -hmm. people might see my space and kind of see a more polished version there's lots of pieces that are always in progress well, and um, I, i've seen you change it over the years too yeah, or, totally. just over months not even years sorry i didn't mean years people trust me it happens week to week yeah. youtube videos <laughs> with Marie. trust me no I, I love pushing it and just kind of seeing what's possible with it but um some of the like the more fun things i'm doing is like even tracking things like ethical uh, ethical brands so if i'm buying clothing you know, things like thread up or uh, made in Canada or fair trade or whatever. So I have databases where I'm tracking those different companies so that if I ever want to make a purchase, I'm doing it from companies that are aligned with my ethics and things like that. So there's lots of like personal stuff like that, that I just kind of track over time. Obviously like my gardening activities and things like that, paying attention to my notes of like, did that work? I planted this here, that went terribly, there wasn't enough sun, you know, all of those sorts of notes all get tracked in there, which is, it's pretty nerdy, but it's fun. Um, now, do you still keep up on your other habits? Like I know you have a master class membership and God knows what you're learning how to cook and or build. With, with all the, hub. yeah um and you should you were not kind enough this is actually another good this is a great area for us to talk about is your emails are so awesome and I, whether oh, that's a new habit to you or or mm. not i highly encourage you just keep doing what you're doing so for everybody watching and listening she gives so much in her emails and and i don't recommend subscribing to emails very often but all of uh, marie poulin's uh, emails are meaty they're very very high in protein <laughs> and, and and low in carbs and they're fun and it's like hey use this here's great ways to here's how people are making money using notion and and all of these um and, and simultaneously introducing us to other fellow notioners mm -hmm. and what what they're doing and so to me um it's rich soil there with Thank your you. emails so i just want you to feel like encouraged to do that because it's one of those few emails where it's like oh i love opening those with whatever oh, it is thank you that, that means a lot because that actually was one of my uh in the past quarter maybe if you might have seen some of my goals and stuff was uh, creating an email marketing habit just being in the habit of doing it so i think i had a uh, goal for myself that was you know send a newsletter every week for 12 weeks in a row mm -hmm. i don't think i i hit it exactly but even just going from once a month or once every two months to getting in the habit of it was was really important and i think and I'll share one of the struggles I had around this was that um, when I got known for doing Notion stuff, well, then I adjusted the copy on my website that was like, oh, I guess I'm like the Notion person, right, to like kind of capitalize on it and double down on the course. And that was amazing. But then for the people that know me, the people that I've done like strategic work with, Notion is just a small part of what I do. So some people found me because they're like, oh, the Notion person. Other mm -hmm. people know this other more in-depth work that I've done. And then when I started sending out some of these more in-depth emails that go beyond productivity, it's not just like task management, I go a little bit deeper. I had a few responses from people being like, how does this help me with my notion journey? And I was like, what? <laughs> so I would get 20 replies of people being like, oh my God, this is life-changing content. And then you have that one guy being like, how does this help me? So it, 
even though you have to know when to ignore the haters and whatnot, it did make me reconsider is what I'm promising accurate? Like how far do I double down on Notion? Do I need to adjust my copy and even how I talk about it? Do I need to create different opt-ins so that I'm really clear? If you just want Notion, Notion tidbits stuff. or events or whatever, come here, that's fine. But that's that really is just a piece. Notion is a means to an end. Notion is right. not the end. I was just gonna say that, you know, one of the things that we're doing and one of the things that I see with, with Notion is first of all, you know, the there's this boom right now of, hey, let's teach people about Notion, relational databases and different workflow, but it's gonna move away from that very quickly. I mean, that will commoditize very quickly. Yes. And for us uh, on our end, for us, it's about, oh, this is a great tool to bring our culture to life with our clients and do other highly strategic work, very complex work and, and drive sustainable high performance with other, with other clients. And there's so much more. And I know you do so much more then, then you've been kind enough to give us give us all a stepping stone to say, all right, boom, here's basic training, here's the masterclass, come take it, and then from that create. And I see a shift, uh, I see it coming, and I'm usually the canary in the coal mine, so I could be years ahead when, when we're not here yet. Um, hashtag future mistakes I'll make by introducing you know, <laughs> some sort of product way too soon. No, um, but out of your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where where basically it's like, look. Um, at some point, you know, the whole point of a knowing how to use Notion is it needs to serve a purpose now, and 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 I know from um, systems design, I know all about programmatic bias and all these things that get cranked in every time. You you know this from doing software because you're trying to steer certain behaviors, or you also know well some interactions are less profitable than others. We're going to weed out that feature, and that it actually influences the user's behavior, but it that it almost shouldn't because it's like that user needs to optimize their work for themselves and their workflow, right? And yep. their uh, uh, um, situa financial situation, whatever it is to drive, maximize profit to their business and, and optimize their operations. But it's that weird relationship from, you know, SaaS providers and, and the users. And this is where Notion puts, you know, the user back in control over that. And now it's just, it's a really interesting time in, in the, even the, I would call it the nascency of Notion, even though it's been around um, for a few years now, but it's, it's like the, okay, well, I think you're going to see a fork in the methodologies of mm. we're going to use it for this purpose, right? Versus this purpose, or what are the priorities of the system that you're designing overall or the method you're prescribing overall? Because, you know, some people love to collect things and love to organize things. Yep. And some people love to do just enough to help them do other things outside of the system, right? And I'm sure you've ran into so many dang use cases that where you see that. And I, I want to, I just want to give you a round of applause for some, finding some way to stay in the middle and, and address all of these use cases, right? It's like, I, that to me is, how do you keep your head straight about that? Like, oh yeah, I, I guess I just see it as, um, new opportunities for workshops of like, oh, that's a great idea. Like I get so many ideas from the from the students that are in the course, like someone will just ask a question or how would I do this in Notion? I'm like, oh, that's a really great question. I could either interview someone that knows how to do that. I could collaborate with someone to help them build out a template. I could um, add that as a module in the course and then that becomes more comprehensive. So I just see all of it as it's opportunities for more education, more products, whatever. Like one thing I think is so interesting is the people that are going through Notion Mastery and then 
they figure out a process for their own business, then they sell that process. So people mm -hmm. are actually implementing their systems in Notion, but then they realize that they actually have a thing to sell. They have a methodology that is unique to their business and Notion makes it a little bit easy to kind of kickstart that process. So I just love how it's creating these really interesting creative possibilities for people that maybe they hadn't considered before. Well, and then, uh, and I, I asked you this and this is one, I asked you this earlier uh, uh, off the record and I wanna ask you now on the record, like what, you know, obviously with all everybody going through masterclass and it's the natural flow and I get that it's naturally people go like oh I came I saw I conquered I learned a new skill now I'm going to turn around and do the exact same thing oh yeah right how do you yeah. how, how do you um how do you cope with that I mean you've been a designer and done similar things as a designer and and how do you reconcile that mentally um because so you do I, it with I, a smile yeah. on and I can't just say that it's because you're Canadian right like well, we're so we're too polite to be like f you, buddy. Uh, okay. I I may have a different take on this, but um, this is my this is my two cents on it. There are so many people in Notion right now teaching different things, right? Like August mm -hmm. Bradley has an incredible channel. William Nutt has his own channel. Uh, Kay has a course. Francesco has a course, right? There's like there's no shortage of notion education and even like Nat Eliason with his effortless output with Rome, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of teachers out there, so many great teachers. Um, most people are not only buying a course for the content, right? So lots of people can take my content, they can take my templates, they can replicate it and they can sell it, sure, that's fine. Um, but there's a resonance with a teacher and, mm -hmm. a, and a methodology, right? So I am hard to copy and in some ways you could say that's the, that's, that can be problematic because you can't scale, right? Like you, the person can't scale. So you only have like your time that's available. Um, but I'm not, I'm not worried about other people trying to recreate what I've created because I, I think I've created something special because of who I am as a person of, of how willing I am to share of the way that I think. Um, what people see when they watch my videos is they're seeing years and years of the influences of the mentors I work with, the systems courses I've taken, the design thinking, all of that rolled into one is super hard to replicate or copy. Yeah, they will never, well, they'll never do the, we, we always say DTFW, do the formidable work. Totally. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, there are very few people who will go through and do the formidable work anyway to get to that point where they can. And people can copy again, they can copy the content. They can copy paste the videos. I saw somebody on, on Reddit actually, that was like seeing who would, who would go all in to buy my course so that they could all distribute it together. Like I've seen that, you know, um, which is kind of unfortunate, but in a way you kind of bake that into your your pricing. It's like, it's, right. it's going to happen. And I don't, I worry more about the people that are showing up and working with me and, and uh, that I can have an impact on. And I don't worry about the copycats because it, I think personally, I think it's really hard to build a super great business when you are a copycat, when you're not authentic, when you're not right. doing the work. There's not, you know, there's the, uh, so, and, and another, one of the things that I want to highlight on is, is you talked about kind of the vibe of the teacher, you know, something that, you know, I've struggled with, um, I've been in business 18 years with, with, with heroic and the um, I've ebbed and flowed because I work with uh, a bunch of guys who are older than me. They're, they got 20 years on me. I work with a bunch of amazing gray hairs who, who can do laps around me in certain areas and I do laps around them and others. But one of the ebbs and flows in the entrepreneurial journey is, is like remembering and reconnecting and then institutionalizing the character of your brand because there is that, that tipping point where you decide one way or another, 
hey, I'm happy just being me doing this brand, being this thing, or, okay, I need to breathe life into this brand that is bigger than me and is a bigger yeah. tent. And I have to, it, it, it's more of a transformational journey as an entrepreneur, because you have to look in all of the nooks and crannies for all the things that make you, you, and bring more of that into the brand that now sits outside of yourself. Yeah. And that's a complicated journey. And it's, it's not for everybody. I, you know, and I've, I've struggled with that and because it requires a lot of letting go. And at the same time, yeah. recognizing that it's not you and it doesn't have to be you. And I, but it's like same, your essence in a way. It's, those, yeah. it's like those core beliefs that translate out into every touch point. Yeah. Right? And, and then you also have to reconnect. It was like, dude, why were you doing that anyway? Right? Like yeah. why, what was the, what was your goal? Like for me, it's like, you know, I, I love, I love high performance culture, anything about personal and professional growth. I've been chasing it my whole life because I've been lifted by, you know, doing really formidable work and doing stuff that works and doing really mm -hmm. hard things and not beating around the bush about it. And to my other point about this is I am more, I love, I like discipline. I like, you know, I've paid a lot of money to get tortured in Navy SEAL endorsed <laughs> environment. I've done ridiculous things. And that's our style. Uh, you know, our style is very much adventurous and rock. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, I get that a lot of people are not like that and they won't resonate with that level of discipline. And, and for me, it all comes back to, it's like, why are you so hard on them? And it, it, it's embodied in this perfect moment where it's like, I'm trying to be kind to you and empathetic towards your future self, that desired future mm. self. And so the, the question is, why aren't you kinder to your future self by doing the formidable work you need to do yes. now kind of a thing. And, yeah. and so it's like, I'm speaking up for the person without a voice in this conversation because that future self but we all have our own style as, as teachers and consultants and, and everything, even though we might overlap on methodology um, or, or strategy. And that's why I was asking you this question because it's very curious how you, how you face it, not just how you face it, but how you do it with a smile, right? <laughs> you know, like how, you know, they, that uh, I know you interact with so many people who see what you do and then, and they clone it. And then you, right. And, and what I heard from you was like, hey, they're never going to do it like I can do it. And more yeah. importantly, you're always evolving and adapting. I can't, I'll be trying to tell my guys like, hey, go watch this video, see what she's doing, create accordingly. Two weeks later, you've shifted your layout. Like, or, here's the new way of doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings me to another thing about in your Notion uh, masterclass, like I've, I've watched other videos about you sharing about that. And you are kind enough to always be updating it for your your students is that correct yes yep i have a change log and uh versions of templates and uh here's here's what i changed and here's why and in in one case for example the areas has probably changed four different times and gone through four different phases they can see screenshots of the entire evolution and i break down here's why i used to do it this way in a database here's what i found didn't really work so i did it like this and i break the whole thing down like if you just want to skip and see how i do it today you can do that but if you want to see the thinking because i want people to know that it doesn't look the way it did today for no reason, right. I had to go through some of these things and find out what did and didn't work. And that gives people options. I'm like, you might find this doesn't work because of X. If you much prefer this, then why? And so I, I'm always as much as possible trying to give people options and let them know there's no one way, right way of doing it. Here's how I'm doing it and what I've discovered. 
and I want people to, to think for themselves and to really not just copy my way of doing it, but, but sit with it, feel, does this actually work for you? We, we were discussing that internally with the team here. It's like, wow, that's really dangerous to do just version controls because there's so many modules within Notion or, or areas of function or activity systems within Notion that you're, you're dabbling in. And so if you're, you know, it's, it's, I could see a lot of forks being created as your, it's like, well, yeah. I need to do this activity system this way because this part of it works for me. And, and while these other things I may want to update and it's, so it's, this yeah. is a, and the, the thing is for the students, right? We, we basically have to make those modifications to our own um, setups, which is a very, very new nascent thing in, in uh, technology. We've, you know, we're used to auto updates, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's, it's an amazing, have you gotten feedback on your version, you know, of those things have, have, did, do you get a big eye roll and like, oh no, it is cooler. I need to switch to that. Or how has, how has the feedback been about your, your version control? Yeah. Sometimes people, it is tough because some people have said, oh, is there a way for me to like auto keep up with your updates? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, because again, I'm, these are things getting updated because of the way that I use it, which hopefully is a little different than the way that you use it. So um, what I did, so I have an all-in-one that people can like spin up and like literally translate my entire setup into theirs and like have that as a starting. Again, if you don't really know how to use Notion or know how to bend the pieces to your yeah. will, that could be overwhelming, but at least it's an option there. If you want to just like dive in, great. But I also offer all of the component sets as like separate pieces. So I'm like, if you like the way that this one's done, PS, here's the version two, you get to choose which of these resonates more with your approach, pick whichever one, download them both if you want, but mm -hmm. people are going to have to know enough to know to delete certain relations or clean up their space or whatever. So inevitably it's it's a messy process and i'm big on sharing that up front like this is not a quick fix this is not a course you're probably going to do in a weekend unfortunately <laughs> um it's going to take some time to learn but also you're learning new processes new habits new workflows a new technology you're not just learning tech it's like how do you create new habits that are sustainable that you actually know what you have on your plate and as someone who spent friggin' years learning how to actually manage my tasks and not feel overwhelmed. I know that stuff doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. Even if you have, I've read the book, I've read the system, that stuff still takes a long time to, to really digest and sink in. So I'm like, be patient with yourself. You're learning a new tool, but you're also learning all these other skills and people that have never done any kind of planning before that suddenly like this is a core part of my system. It's all based on these reviews and planning. So it's a, it's a lot. It's like very cerebral in some ways for folks that maybe haven't had to do that stuff before. Um, but I'm like, take what fits and leave the rest. If this planning is overkill for you because you just want to manage your groceries with your partner over here, then forget <laughs> that stuff, right? Another way I try to deal with some of this overwhelm is splitting up core like core notion learning pieces with resource library stuff. So there are so many business use cases, but they're not all going to be interesting to everybody. Right. Running your podcast notes out of notion, running an online course out of notion, uh, running a webinar out of notion, monetizing notion. There's project management with a team. If you're, if you're not a team, it's not going to be relevant. So it, those are all there as examples to dip into when you want them, but it's not like a linear course where you're going to have to go through all of that stuff from start to finish. So it does require people to kind of brace themselves a little bit, know kind of how to put some of those limits on there and not feel like they have to conquer it all because it's, it's too big. It, it's, mm -hmm. 
not so, everything's going to be relevant. So can I, like, to, I'm going to squeeze some black belt answers out, out of you. Because <laughs> here's, here's a common, I'm sure this is a common question you get. Like, uh, do you have guiding principles for kind of um, when, when to and when not to create another database, right? I mean, there's, uh, you know, that actually here, we'll go even more black belt. Let's do this one because here's my observation about like there's been this theoretical existence of the tags database that you've had yep. for some yep. time and i remember seeing august bradley you know come up with you know uh knowledge hub and all this stuff and i'm like i wonder if these two know that these are the same thing right that that the connections you're making right these you, these tags it's like these are one and the same uh, what is the guiding principle to avoid duplicative eff efforts or do you have any principles when you when you do that Oh, I'm not sorry. I'm that was a even... horrible question. I know you have principles, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I think again, there's, there's never any one right way to do this. I still, I just use my tagging system. Like it just connects all the other core systems of my mm -hmm. like, every database is connected to that, that core database. Um, the, the I, re I remember when you did it and, and it's kind of the interesting thing about the emergence of notion. And then we come up with this idea of hubs and everybody's talking about hubs. You August, yep. all these guys are talking about hubs. And I was like, wait a minute, How, you know, we're, we're one checkbox away from, you know, just adding a checkbox in uh, the tags. I call it tag you. So, cause I've, right. I, I've cloned, you know, like a universal tagging system because I love that you did that. And then it was like, well, I could just check a box for like, you know, knowledge hub if I wanted to really call it out or do some other tag within right. that tag universe to call out, Hey, this is, this is the knowledge hub right here. You've been, you've been making these connections this whole time. Yep. Um, and it's, it was just one of those, there's like those little McNuggets where, um, totally. with August work, I always, um, because I'm prone to be verbose over-involved or create way too many layers of complexity. I'm gun shy about, uh, um, purely, you know, going, uh, too far. too far into the August Bradley world because I naturally have a tendency to do that. So it's like, no, 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 Interesting. The, this goes back to that, that idea that the, you know, for many people, the purpose of Notion might not be to move into Notion, right? That's it, true. It, it might yep. be to help you do other things. And so it's just like, wait a minute, I didn't just want to uh, um, habit switch, right? There's a bigger goal afoot, right? There's bigger gains yeah. to be to be got, as it were. Yeah. No, I don't know if I've seen that specific video with August, but I, you know, I have my learning hub dashboards that have all my, like all my knowledge hubs um, embedded just by type. So online courses, masterminds, newsletters, you name it, it's all in there. But I also use my tag, um, the master tag database. I embed that in so many other pieces. Like I have a creativity hub and I will embed my tags in there that are tagged as themes because those are like the themes of this particular quarter. Mm -hmm. So that's a super easy way for me to look at all the quotes that I've saved, look at all the books I'm reading, like uh, even people who are associated with that tag that are talking about that tag. So it just kind of pulls all those people together in an interesting way, but still kind of keeps, keeps that separate from the chunk of knowledge itself, if that makes sense. Right. And well, and there's the, you know, uh, here's a, you know, another, Here's a deep dive question that if you're not a Notion user, you will have no idea what I'm talking about. I apologize. Get it. Get started. Get get going on this. But you know, one of the when, when if we take in information and uh, it's media hub, it's semantics, right? It's like media hub versus knowledge hub, right? It's like uh oh, 
here's the problem here. If you call it a knowledge hub and it's a collection of just stuff you should watch, learn, do, or mm -hmm. whatever, it's not really knowledge, right? It's a collection of, of media, right? And, yeah. but if you label it knowledge, you have this false sense of self or, or accomplishments. Like I'm so smart. Really? What is, what is any of Check this out about? My huge knowledge hub. Yeah. I'm yeah. So smart. <laughs> Look at my library of books I've never read. Um, and, and it's so weird and very cool at the same time that these are the problems created because it's a whole new level of, of challenges, obstacles, and opportunities for, you, you know, Notion users to like reconcile. And the cool thing is, and I want to stress this to the audiences, Marie has been answering these questions from students, from interviewers for, for I don't know what, two years now. And I love that you do it so boldly where you, you've had to figure it out. And I like yeah. that's, you're, you're really leading the way in that regard. But are there, do you ever, do you ever get brain burnout still to this day about uh, Notion? Like, do you ever go like, ah, that's too big. I don't want to do that. Or like, is it ever too much? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever make a too much decision and walk it back? Oh yeah, of course course yeah here's another uh, here, here's another how many times have you started from scratch never okay cool so no this is really that was that's what i want to do so you've refined it all the way every way through you didn't you did not start from scratch i'm always surprised when people say oh you know I, I feel like i need to start all over again i'm like what that's madness you can move information around notions so easily and i think if people aren't comfortable and they don't actually know how easy it is to do that uh, then they get tripped up and, and then they're creating new versions and, you know, you've got like the sandbox full of all these duplicate templates and then it just yep. becomes a bit of a mess. So I'm, I'm more of a fan of just moving things around and exploring, but the court, like there's a bunch of core databases that have not changed since the beginning, like the daily journal, the weekly agenda, yep. the month, the quarter, the knowledge hub, the tech, like they don't really change. They just maybe get supplemented with ex a few extra custom ones, but really there's a core set that is untouchable. Well, in a, in a major, you know, there's a lot of dashboards that we create and this is where, again, most, you know, people who don't use Notion aren't gonna really know this, but they will soon because this will become, again, you know, the other mm -hmm. thing here is this is the operating standard. This is the emerging trend. Mm. And, and I say that, and I know that because Microsoft's even going here, right? Microsoft will be out in this direction, uh, you know, by this time next year, no problem. And, and now we're going to have to learn as as people, mm -hmm. as as workers and in, in, in you know knowledge workers, how to reconcile ourselves in a world of relational databases, and that's why Notion is such the perfect personal and professional playground for it. And I, I think it's really interesting where, you know, where you draw various lines on boundaries mm. of of what you do. And I I would you say that you're more you're more apt to create a dashboard or a view on existing data than create a new database. Definitely. Okay. So there, yep. there's, there's the answer to the question I asked like five, 15 questions ago is like, that's the principle It's like to create another view, do not create, you know, hold off on creating. Yeah. I think database. designing for context is it's the hardest thing to do, but it's the most powerful thing to do. And I, and it was the thing that drove me so crazy about Asana is that with Asana, you're getting so granular and it's like, you're clicking into a thing and then you're clicking into a thing and then uh, you're kind of missing some greater context. So you're, it, forces you to like zoom in on tasks, but I couldn't do quarterly planning inside mm -hmm. of Asana unless it was outlining exact tasks. But I'm like, I need a place where I can 
think out loud a little bit and, and have goals and, and track different things in the same place that maybe I'm outlining, well, what is the plan in the next steps? And I, I didn't feel like other tools like Evernote or, or Asana kind of had that really amazing blend of like the big picture planning, conceptual stuff, but then project planning and task planning in the same space. Mm -hmm. So that was where the having a dashboard where I can map all that stuff out and not be clicking around into other pages. So I did a live stream with, with Danny and uh, Danny Hatcher and Jonathan Stewart on the weekend. And I could see Danny like turning inside out at how long my pages were. And uh -huh. I was like, but I, I don't want to be clicking around to do all my stuff. I want to see it all in one place. So again, everyone has their different approach and different vibe, but that works for me. Show me the five databases that I need to see. I do not want to be clicking around to get that information. By the way, boys and girls, for those who did not see that that live stream, that was two hours and 44 minutes of live stream. So never did you watch that? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's great. Like it's it, you know, so it's it's an asynchronous access to to the the thoughts of of Marie and all these other wonderful notioners <laughs> out there. Um, and and uh, on that, you know, on kind of that that note, one of the things we haven't talked about is you know, what do you see as the future of Notion? And obviously we know they're going to come out with an API and we know some things are going to have some new things. What is your lens on forecasting mm -hmm. for yourself and how these things will affect you and your, your, your practice with Okie Dokie moving forward? And Yeah, I'm really curious kind of how the API is going to impact me because I, I think there's, I know the tool so well that in, in many ways I've made workarounds for myself. And I think I'm almost so in, embedded in the way that I'm doing some things that it'll be really interesting to kind of look at what things become automatic or easier that I maybe made these funny workarounds to be able to like compensate for. So I'm really curious kind of how that's gonna impact my own day to day. I don't, I don't fully know yet. Um, one thing that is gonna be happening, I don't know how much I'm actually allowed to talk about this, but- Sweet, um, do it. <laughs> but I, one thing that even for me has changed and, and that I think is really interesting with what Notion wants to do is really highlighting the good that is happening with Notion. And so there is the same way they have like Notion Advocates, which is, uh, they used to be Notion Pros, now we're Notion Advocates. Um, and again, it's like a volu it's volunteer work. We just talk about the tool because we love it and we kind of get first access and we're the ones that test out the, the features that get released and the team kind of keeps us in the loop. And so we usually kind of know before an announcement's going to happen of, of what happens. But they're also doing a notion for good. Um, I don't know what the name of it. For, uh, again, you've got like your notion ambassadors and advocates and whatever. But they want to have people like myself who are so experienced with the product, but that we can be working with nonprofits and social enterprises, mm -hmm. actually helping them get up and running. So one thing I actually did in the last couple of months was shut down all of my consulting work. I said, no, I want to focus all on the course. Um, but then a couple really amazing nonprofits reached out and I was like, damn, oh, that's like so up my alley. And so I was like, you know what? I'm only going to do that work. So I want to help nonprofits and social enterprises and do-gooder companies use Notion to get up and running. And that, to me, I was so much more inspired by that idea than helping individuals because, hey, I've got the course to help people who are small business owners and teams right. and whatever. So now the one-on-one -on -one work I can save for just giving back time. And that's just going to be time that I give back to the community. That's awesome. Yeah. So we, we donate 20% of our time to, to community projects in our strength areas. Love and, that. Yeah. We, we work with uh, right now, um, 
we work with a lot of nonprofits from land trusts to uh, police and fire associations. Um, so like everything we're in California. So everything in California, if it's, you know, kind of law enforcement or, or, or firefighters, especially right now with a lot going on, we work with, uh, you know, a collection of different associations to, to help them. And we've, we've already been teasing them about notion and what it can do yeah. and along with some other uh, um, nonprofits in the, in, especially in the Bay area in terms of trying to create partnerships on, on sourcing food and ethical sourcing of food and, and making the connection between, and then also getting it to first responders and everybody out there and making sure everybody has enough to eat. So there are these amazing opportunities in the nonprofit sector to use notion for good so that's 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 a really I cool love that. well my husband's a firefighter too right? i knew so, that and i knew that so i was like <laughs> and he brought the whole he brought the whole fire department onto notion too so now they can they can check like who's got what credentials and everyone's contact information and training what's coming up so um that, that was pretty impressive to you know to get that group on there i think that yes it is i love that that's a tongue-in-cheek rip on firefighters <laughs> but if you know no it's funny because when we're in meetings uh, with with board members and, and all the the board in our case are all made up of active active duty firefighters Amazing. and and they're they're uh, uh, yeah you know they're they're used to doing a, an entirely different skill set and it is really hard to wrangle the cats and herd the cats and teach them how to use a software tool they, they how to use would, the internet yes yes, <laughs> yes like, they would rather did not you click on the link yeah. yes and it's funny and it's it, but it's really interesting that there's all of these opportunities within Notion. Uh, um, that it's really, it's a paradigm shift. And I hope it maintains yes. one of the things that I migrated from Airtable to Coda and I had hit, I used Notion years ago, but at the time it was like, ah, oh, this isn't that visual for me. And I'm such mm -hmm. a visual geek. And then for some reason, Airtable, Coda, and then I circled back and Notion, I think it was 2.0 or whatever version they did. And it was like, oh, that's amazing. You're like, like oh, yes. databases, hey, what's happening here? Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I'm a, I, we're, you know, we're, we're a creative strategic consultancy. We're a weird hybrid, much like yourself, where it's like, um, I'm a guy who lives with a, a sketchbook and a whiteboard, right? Like, it's, it's a weird, I'm both visual and data in a hybrid, yeah. you know, I'm not the perfect math brain, but, uh, or the most organized person in the world, but but it's like Notion works for all of you know the culmination of these things, and I think that yeah. our toolkit's finally catching up with personality types. Maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, I love that. What else? Do you, what else do you? Uh, how? Let's talk about how you work with teams, and because that's a, such a different use case. <sighs> yes. I love the deep the deep breath is foreshadowing. It's like, where do we begin with team? Yeah, one of the things I'm working on right now is getting the all-in-one team starter mm -hmm. starting pack the same way I have on the personal side because there are unique unique things for different team members. And I, I usually recommend every team, mem team member should have their own dashboard. Um, I think that's the biggest gap and things that teams are missing because um, I see, I've definitely seen behind the scenes of a lot of different team setups and they always have kind of like this common dashboard that has every task on there. But when, as soon as you've got like three people, four people, five, like the tasks are going to get out of hand. And so mm -hmm. it feels too busy for people. And then they're like, oh, so we went over and used this other tool because it was, it was too much. I'm like, but you got to have dashboards. Like what Sarah's responsible for <laughs> is totally different than what Jessica, like different tasks, different needs, different uh, things that you need quickest access to. So I usually recommend for folks to make themselves a custom dashboard. Some people like the table view, some people like the, 
the board view. And so really make it yours and have every team member really make it theirs. So there's, there's definitely a lot more complexity. And I think what's tougher is one person at the company kind of needs to be the advocate and it kind of has to be a show don't tell. Because mm -hmm. you can't just be like, hey team, we should all just move over to Notion. And you have like a dozen people that have never used Notion all trying to learn it at the same time. It's, it's complete chaos. So usually you need a team member who's willing to kind of take it a little bit of the way there and bring it to the team and kind of get that buy-in. So that's definitely a tricky process. Do you recommend that, you know, in terms of competency of each team member, do you think that it's important that each team member knows how to create a, their own workspace or, or I don't think they have to in the beginning. I, th I think when you show someone what's possible and you say like, here's how I'm managing my dashboard, here are the team tasks and here's what you've got. And you give people a starting point. So it's like spin up, here's a template, click new, new dashboard. And the mm -hmm. person can go in there and update their, their names and wherever you can include that really human language in there of like, use the blue arrow below to switch the blood, like to really guide people through that process. And I think you've got to do some kind of team level onboarding training together where you're, you're showing folks kind of here's, here's how this works. Here's how we do this include some loom videos embedded inside your space. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's, yeah, it is a process. There is I a love that you're here. saying I literally this week have to do like, I was like, okay, I'm going to create one from scratch, show you guys how to do it. So you understand, I literally have to do this with my team. So it's funny that you're saying about let's uh, let's change uh, gears here to one of the 800 pound gorillas in the room that I don't see a lot of videos talk about because it is a weakness of Notion is mobile. Mm. Mobile, yep. right? Like um, uh, how do you navigate mobile? And, and I have my own answers for this and, and, and I'll chime in and you'll probably align. And, and um, do you use motion, Notion on your mobile phone? Only for my journal. Cool, okay. Yep. It's just the end of the day, fill out the journal. That's pretty much it. Unless there's maybe a, if we're going to the grocery store, we have a, a buy list and yep. that's it. Yep. <laughs> Those uh, are the only two reasons. I've got yeah. my, I've got the buy list uh, separated in sections of the grocery store. So I know I can hit it up mm -hmm. and look at my phone because we have a two-year-old toddler who would love to have the phone and watch Frozen for the 30. She's dying to make her own contextual dashboard and store yep. all of her favorite Disney movies mm -hmm. or Pixar yep. movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, like you just gave me a new challenge. I'm going to teach her how to do this. Uh, she's already got the phone down. So um, yeah, I love it. But yeah, so, you know, mobile is, and it's this interesting world in, in Notion where we, you know, we don't talk about it much, but it's also, it, it makes us face and even, it's not about even Notion. It makes us confront a more uncomfortable reality, which is perhaps the phone isn't the best epicenter of a productivity device to begin with. You know, yep. like, uh, like right now, um, I'm a big fan of like, you, you, you may or may not, not know this. I mean, like having two monitors, they've done 8 million studies on this. Just adding another monitor tends to boost productivity by 20%, right? Mm -hmm. They've done a lot of studies on this. They know this. So it's like, when you have these ridiculously simple things and you're, you're a consultant or you're trying to like, well, okay, I noticed everybody's got one monitor. Guess what I'm going to recommend because they're dirt cheap and it's easy to do and it's a known uh, measurable impact. But what, what that also tells us is, is that, you know, um, the screen size and the way we interact with it certainly matters. And it certainly has been true for me in Notion. And so I've been, one, I've been on both sides of this camp where at first when you're in Notion, it's like, doesn't work well in mobile. Yeah. 
I know you've seen people. You were that guy. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work well on mobile. But it's like at the same time, aside from checking off a task list in in a sauna or similar to-doist or or something, it's like, what are you really doing to be productive in that mobile Mm -hmm. environment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have my phone near my not my desk day to day like I it's at the charging station and it stays there all day long and I'm, re- I'm really trying to spend less and less time on my phone in general so really it's like when I leave the office I'm like off hopefully you know off of technology oh that's an that's a it's a good goal like that especially during, <laughs> yeah this is the toughest year to try and do that like, <laughs> well no but if, if anything the you know, bombardment of, of just like toxic information that is happening right now. In some ways, I'm like, whoa, anytime I'm picking up my phone, it is, it feels like the world is falling apart. How do you, how do you take care of yourself and still be an informed citizen? That yep. is the hard part. I will like, I will confess and double, double up with you on, on that note. And like, I was reflecting, I was doing some reviews of like, how productive have I been over, let's say the last four years and, and it's like, and then what, where have, we always say, where are you pouring your tea, right? Your, your time, energy, and attention, because mm-hmm. we're big wig management consultants and do ridiculous exercises with acronyms. Um, we love acronyms. Um, I'm an acronym geek, but we always say, where are you pouring your tea? And I look at where am I pouring my tea, time, energy, and attention. And it's like, wait a minute. First of all, I'm aggravated with, A, I know a lot of really geeky political crud that probably does not, it's not probably, it doesn't serve my day to day, doesn't serve my month, right? It'll serve me come election time or what have you. But beyond that, it also makes me feel really icky. And, yeah. and, and I don't, I don't think that there, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and distraction and depression and uh, these, a lot of ick associated with that bucket. And I had to really go take a long, hard look and go, you know what, I really need to cut back on that. And then you have that gap of behavior. You need to find that replacement habit of yeah. what, the what do heck? I do with my all this time that I was scrolling before? What do I do now? Yeah. Holy and moly. And what, so what if you live in the, for- I loved seeing your videos because you're always like, I live in the forest and I'm always trying to guess where the heck you live. I'm like, I didn't know you were in BC. And I'm like, is she in Oregon? Where is she? What does she mean? She lives in the forest. In the middle of the woods in a tiny yeah. town. Yeah. <laughs> And so what do you, what have you, uh, how do you occupy your time where you're, you're trying to conquer a similar habit? What, what have you uh, filled your time with? Yeah. I mean, you know, gardening has been a really great way to get me off the computer, working with the land for sure. Um, yeah, sometimes I'm still on my computer, but I'm just not on, on social channels, right? It's like typing, I'm writing, right? I'm like writing newsletters or writing course content or, mm-hmm. or that sort of thing, but more creating uh, a reading, of course, too. Like, there's lots of courses. I'm always studying something, you know. Um, so there's still screen time, but I'm. It's. I try to make it a little bit more intentional screen time, I guess. I'm not. I'm not an anti-screen time guy. I like as a designer, right? If you were to ask me what the problem with social media is, I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I would actually yeah. give you. Here's here's what I would say about that. Is is like literally, social media is not the devil or something like that. It's like literally the mechanism that's really bad or or contributes to the, like a lot of this. Uh, you know, unhealthy stuff is the feed, right? Once upon a time, back in the it's hijacking of, the hook, that this right? Well, and then back <laughs> also the attention jumping, right? Like the yeah. so back in the day, once upon a time in the land of MySpace, which there's a whole generation of kids who don't even know what that is. Um, if if I heard something about Marie, I would have to go to Marie's page and ch- in order to see 
what she's right. up to and what she's thinking. Yeah. And that required an, an intention. It required me to go to visit, to click through, to go to a page where it's an all intentional connection with one person. Yeah. And that was to now. me was a lot healthier. Uh, and so I call out the feed mechanism and I understand mm -hmm. why we, uh, I was talking to Mirai all about this. He was the author of Indistractable and he wrote- Hooked, yeah. And Hooked, yeah, you know him. Uh, and and he's, so, he's so fun to talk to about this because, you know, he was, they, he's required reading at Google and Microsoft about how to create addictive wow. software. And at the same time, he created Indistractable to like, here's the antidote to addictive software. And, and we, we were geeking out about these features about like, do you narrow it down to what are the, what are the little things that really created that, um, you know, unhealthy relationship? And one of them yeah. was, it's like, there's this feed thing. It's like, well, and it's a dopamine that hit of like, oh, there's like just something exciting to, to check for, right? What's next? Yeah. What's next? Swipe up. And so this goes back to, so the, the rise of the feed was also the rise of the smartphone. And so when we're talking about what, you know, when, when I'm in my little cratchety uh, humbug attitude of, yeah, no, it doesn't work in mobile. Um, I'm also, it's like, yeah, this whole device is really designed <laughs> for this consumptive feed mechanism to swipe up yeah. or swipe down left, right. It's not like one of the, as a dad, one of the most interesting observations of a toddler I've seen is my daughter was able to learn how to use iOS at like 16 months, like swipe, swipe. Oh, man, she called scary. her mom while I was at there. Yeah. But it also shows you how simplistic it is. And what that dictates to me is like, obviously I'm not doing something that mindful when when a two-year-old can <laughs> access these things it's like this is not high-minded consumption behavior when when my two-year-old can get on like no dad boop 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 pbs kids let's go uh <laughs> um but it, it is just strange when we talk about uh mobile workflows and, and using these devices mm. and like notion for me i love it because it also helps me do exactly what you're doing right now which is spend more time at your desktop at the place where you can affect the maximum amount mm. of, of, you know, kind of digital productivity and less time, you know, in, in probably that mobile Certain landscape. Passive, so it's, yeah. It's one of those, I guess, what is that called where, you know, it's, it's both, it's a criticism and a feature benefit of notion. Double-edged sword or. <laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, is there anything in the, in the works for mobile with, with notion or are they pretty much locked in on, on how they do it? I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, enough people are always asking for that and offline mode. And, you know, there's always, there's always oh, things that, you know, people are <laughs> complaining about. That I think they're going to have to work on. They're going to have to keep up. Well, I got toggle happy in Notion too, and that helped quite a bit, right? Like designing with that smallest screen in mind, especially right. like, yeah. um, grocery shopping uh, was, was an interesting, it's like, oh, perfect. Break it down into sections, filter it out out of the database. That way I know where I'm at in the store and can find everything accordingly. Yeah. Uh, it's a ridiculous thing to even talk about, to geek out. But about. these little things that just make your life that much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's great. I love these things. Uh, uh, what else is in store for the kind of the, the future of Notion? And if, or, or what, what do you yeah. wish that there was? It would be cool if you could mention data that's in your tables in other ways. Like even if there's like numbers or, you know, you've got like you're storing your Q3 information, but then you could kind of at mention it the way you can mention other pages. That would be mm -hmm. cool. Um, yeah, being able to pull more insights from my data that 
right now I pull manually, I guess, because I can make these views and then I can filter things and whatnot. But because all that data Not, is there, yeah, you're, you're you know? missing, you're missing the like, kind of like usage statistics in the, in yeah. regards to the specific data. Uh, Airtable does like I, I, that Airtable does these similar things. Airtable uh, has where, where they both have rollups. There's another, um, uh, data call out that the Airtable has that Notion doesn't um, that I had to give up making the switch, but I wish mm. that they did. And they also there to your point, right? That's it's it's actually one of the key differences between Airtable and Notion. No, um, Airtable will give you data on top of your data to to an extent. Yeah, um, um, and that's what you're kind of calling out. Notion doesn't do that yet. Um, but I, I, I still use you. Airtable too, right? Because there's yeah. things that I want the API, like when someone signs up for a thing, you know, add them to the yep, we, email you know, list. Like, and yeah, yeah, plugging in JotForm or something like that, where that data needs to travel and connect to something else. Yeah, yep. uh, again, I'm right there with you. We, we, do, we have some complex, um, more algorithmic things that we do inside of Airtable that we just cannot yet do in Notion. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they're great tools. All of these tools hover around relational databases, but they kind of, it's, it's going to be an interesting turn to see all of us, you know, come to this place where we have to really know ourselves a whole lot. Yeah. Better. Actually, that brings me to a good question with you. Like how mapped out are your, your principles and values? And in terms of there's an okie dokie core and I bet I bet my paycheck on your paycheck that it's it's kind of like, is that the same as the Marie Corps? Like, is there guiding principles for Marie mm. and are there separate ones for Okie Dokie or? That's a good question. Um, I guess a lot of that I leave in the Okie Dokie space. So for example, my assistant can see all of that stuff. She can see like, what's what are my commitments, my vision, my guiding principles. So, you know, my assistant can see all of that stuff in there. Um, and I, that is, that is so hard. That's so hard to answer, I think, because we are kind of a personal brand. And that's something we've always just been asking ourselves is like, how, how personal do you get when you have this sort of personal brand? And it kind of comes full circle to what we were talking about, the way your, your values translate into the whole culture of your business. So that even if I bring on an assistant, she's embodying something that I believe in, that there's like mm -hmm. a, an essence that lives beyond you. So I do think there's elements of, um, my own personal values that are going to be embodied in what I'm teaching and kind of how the business operates. And um, so I do make that stuff clear. Like if I'm bringing on someone else, I'm like, hey, here, you know, check out this thing that I put together that kind of goes over my commitments, my values, my, you know, personal manifesto. So I do often share a lot of that oh, stuff. Oh, you do? Okay, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I, I was very curious. And uh, and uh, I remember seeing some some of the, the, the principles in the permaculture and going like, that's beautiful culture in general, right? Like uh, it certainly yeah. overlaps into the work world. And I'm sure those you've carried those kind of principles uh, over. And we do a lot of culture work and a lot of cult brand narrative and culture book type stuff mm. where, because we have our projects, we have to actual drive, we actually have to kind of, we go build the ideas from thought to profit. So we have to stick around to make sure that performance happens. And mm -hmm. so when we talk about culture and values, we also have to map out the valued behaviors that drive the high performance that we need. And so Those we have pieces to, aren't there. It's just, yeah, that creates gaps, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. It creates that lip service. And that's, that's where I was asking about it is, is just, it is, it, it's also from somebody who does quite a bit of personal development, like yourself, it's like another area of yourself to map out. And then 
you have the uh, challenge of like, how much do you reveal or how much do you, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it's probably similar to August Bradley's um, alignment. I call it life compass. I was just opening <laughs> up this page. I can see 25 year vision, vision board, Marie 2.0, board of archetypes, improvement, guiding principles, priorities, ideal day and rituals. Those are all different pages. Some of those might only have a paragraph on them. Some of them might have a database of like skills that I want to build. So those are the places where I can get a little bit more playful, but it's still kind of tucked into an area called mm -hmm. life compass. So there's still lots of little nooks and crannies like that where I'm, you know, exploring. I love that. I think that is the <laughs> coolest part of like part of what dri drives uh, uh, everything that you're doing right now. I love that there's, you know, that you're adding those exercises in and that you're doing those exercises and fleshing them out and using them to guide you. And uh, do you refer, how often do you refer to the life compass area or do you call it out in other ways on other dashboards? I do call it out. Um, a good chunk of these are personal. Uh, so I would say I probably, I probably review them monthly, whereas there's the business more, mm -hmm. more business big vision ones. And those are reviewed weekly as part of our weekly meeting. So even like my assistant will go and it's an inline link. It's like review big vision. And then we jump in and we go, okay, what needs to happen this week? But we're always kind of starting with that bigger vision and then the big goals of what we want to get done. So I, you know, I try to make it a habit of every week. It's sort of, am I, am I on the path to these bigger goals that I set up for myself? Am I building the life that I want? And I think like, really you're catching me at a time when like, you're asking, do I have these principles or these sort of methodologies that I lean on? And I think I'm in the process of almost creating my own body of work that is influenced by the permaculture principles. So what is a permaculture inspired life business design look like? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what's emerging right now as I'm exploring these pieces and notions. You're kind of catching it at the like, yeah, no, there's I, a thing being built. <laughs> I know it and I've sensed it since I've seen some of your, your early videos where it's like, you could tell that you laid this egg and it's, it's you know, it's being, uh, um, it's being you know, hatched right in front of you. <laughs> hatched, yes, it's coming and I can tell that. It's That's messy, awesome. it's uncomfortable, but it's part of the process. So uh, like this, this will be part one. We'll do a part two where we could actually tour some of your Notion stuff. Sure, but I, want, yeah. I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you, what to do, where to learn more <laughs> as, as we kind of wrap up part one and let you get about your day. Um, where do we find you, your course, more about you? Where, where's the best place? Yeah, you can find me at mariepoulin.com. You can find me at mariepoulin on Twitter, YouTube. The course is Notion Mastery. It's linked right in my um, main navigation at mariepoulin.com. Uh, Instagram, if you want more of the like personal behind the scenes, gardening, hobby related stuff. Uh, and Twitter is the place where I probably chat a little bit more often about Notion related events and kind of what I'm working on. Um, but yeah, you can, you can probably Google my name and you will find me pretty easily. <laughs> and is there, is there a, a discount code to the course on some hidden page somewhere or a Black Friday deal? In the we works? can make one for the, we could definitely make one oh, for the podcast. Yeah, That would be so cool. Yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's like, do like let's do it. Cause I want to, I want to send a bunch of people to Notion Mastery and uh, really uh, get more people in, into Notion and your world and your teachings. I think it's, I think it's great. So perfect. I will, I'll follow up with you. I'm going to, I'm going to stop the recording now. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Marie, for taking some time to spend with with me on the show. Yeah, awesome. All right.